0: Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Israel Rodriguez and I'm Tim Flaherty, the Christian talk radio show that goes beyond the surface level to explore the deeper truths of faith. Join us as we journey together into the heart of God's love and discover the power of faith to transform our lives. And welcome back to another week of Beyond the Walls. I'm your host, Tim Flaherty, and of course, I have my co-host and partner here in this ministry, Pastor Israel
1: Rodriguez. To hermano, your brother in Christ, welcome Treasure Valley to another episode of Beyond the Walls. Thank you for your faithfulness and for taking the time to listen to all these amazing stories that are just taking us beyond the walls of the church, going into the world, sharing this gospel and making disciples, Edgar Welcome back, Lester. It's good to have you here with us. Thank you. Okay, thank you. You know, I'm just... We're going to skip over the question of the week
0: this week because I was just thrilled to learn a teeny itty-bitty bit of something that I think is really amazing from last week. Lester sharing with us about how he was born uh, into a family of 10 children in Honduras, raised by a 10-year-old aunt in the side of a hill outside of the capital of Honduras. And when he was two years old, his father decided, I need to go to the States in search of a better life for my family. And so you, 12-year-old uh, auntie, you take care of these 10 kids. And that's that's where we're at right now. And so you're two or three years old. You probably don't know that your father's leaving. Did you know? Tell us how that all went down.
2: I literally don't Remember, I mean, all these things is because the stories have been told to me, mm-hmm. but I don't recall seeing my father leave or any of that sort. And of
0: course, Lester, we discovered, was born in the late 70s. So this is happening in the early 80s. There's no Internet. There's no cell phones. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no email. And did you and and you hadn't heard from your mother in two years at that point? Because as you, as you told us, you didn't actually even meet your mother as until you were 11 years old. And so as you're, as you're a young man and you're growing up there and you have your, where do you, you must be the youngest of all these kids. Well, I'm actually
2: the, so from the oldest, I'm the third one. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's uh, five boys and then five girls.
0: Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit about, like, so how many
2: children were living there with you and your auntie? Okay. Well, that's a, it's a complicated answer. So the story goes like this. So uh, once we moved uh, with my auntie to this little cabin, um, so my father, somehow he was able to come back and visit us every year every two years somehow uh, they started a relationship my auntie and my father Mm -hmm. okay so and that's where my sisters come into place okay okay yeah so it it, it was very dysfunctional family Mm -hmm. Um, but the way everybody saw it is survival Mm -hmm. okay my father said I need a mother for these kids I'm away. I need to secure something here. Uh, she's all in with the kids, so that was the that was the way out. This tell me about like just
0: the I, I, we take so much for granted here in America. We want to go get some food. We just head down to the grocery store. But I have to imagine this twelve year old raising a two year old. And your other brothers and sisters, as they started to come along how how was how was that, you know just receiving basic needs
2: how would you how well, did that well work? my my mother i mean she she came to the u s and like i said just she did, she just didn't walk away i mean she she started providing as much as she could, so that's a whole total different story the the life she had here. Um, but she was always just helping financially, you know, little bits, little bits. And so did my dad. Um, like I said, I mean, it, it was just survival at all times. Um, I do have, you know, f- flashes of my dad when when he was still with us there. Um, I remember he has this little pickup falling apart and he would just go, you know, to the city and try to, you know, do deliveries he'll go out to the hardware store and see if someone was buying materials and so if they needed transportation and i remember my dad will just go out and just see if he could get something just for us to eat that day Mm -hmm. yeah and then and that that's i think that's what pushed him to say hey i need to do something else and that was the talk let's go to the u.s and that's where he he made the choice i mean it it was tough times um I don't recall me not having something to eat or something to wear. Uh, We just didn't have that abundance, Mm -hmm. but all the needs were always always covered. Yeah, I remember this is one of the uh, two memories I have uh, from that time. Um, My dad lighting a bonfire in the middle of the room so we could have light in the room. Mm -hmm. And also I remember... um, just was one mattress, just the top of it on the on the on the on the dirt floor, the dirt floor. Sorry, and the my brothers and and I just laying there with my auntie and my dad just crying, just sitting there saying, "Hey, my boys, I need to do something." So I understand the sacrifice. I don't think I have that courage to to make a call like that now that I'm a father of three and i'm i'm like wow that 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 was sacrificial i think all the people in my life uh as crazy as the whole story sounding some even some people might judge the whole situation and the dynamic of my dysfunctional family but every decision was made for my benefit and how they could take care of me and my brothers so, when
0: you describe the cabin, it's just a, a just small a room, ca- just a room, small room on the side of a mountain mm-hmm. and no indoor plumbing, no water. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Did it ever improve? Did you ever build more to it? Did you ever
2: No. Because, and then when my father decided to move to the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, they saw f- it was too dangerous for us to stay there with my auntie, so we went back to my grandmother's. Mm-hmm house in the port where I grew up. And so we stayed there with my grandmother. And how was schooling when you were growing up? Just like a regular school. Just simple. And Very did, simple school. How many years did you go to? Um, I mean, I almost graduated from high school. Okay. I was one year short and that's when we moved here. Yeah. So suddenly my mom was able to to bring us legally, mm-hmm. so she just showed up on a Monday. By Wednesday, we were already here, so we <laughs> didn't even have a chance to say goodbye or put our affairs in order. Or you know, we just dropped everything and then just came to the U.S. So you were like 17 when you came. 17. To I was it. actually 17. And did you come to Nampa or where did no, you? No, actually, we arrived to uh, Hollywood. That's where my mom lived. Oh, yeah, a couple of blocks just from where the star, the Walk of Fame, is. Yeah, so she still lives there. And w- so
0: you came to the States and what did you do when you first got to the States? Um, work. You did? You got yes, a job right yeah. away?
2: Um, I remember we arrived around midnight and about six in the morning. The very next day, uh, my mom had to go uh, clean houses. Mm-hmm. That's what she, she did for a living. And because we didn't have nothing to eat that day, she had ex- spent everything Sure. for that trip. So uh I remember she just had a dollar something, and we started at a a McDonald's, my first experience at a McDonald's. And she got a coffee and an apple pie, a little slice of apple pie, and that was breakfast. So, and out we went to clean houses so we could bring money to buy food for that day. And you went with her to clean the house? Mm-hmm. And since then, I haven't stopped working.
3: (laughs) Yes. We'll be right back. Astegos is powered by the faithful donations from people like you. Their mission is to help everyone in the Treasure Valley through their community warehouse, housing programs, and the Boise Food Bank. They believe all human beings should be respected and loved. Each person is special and deserves to live their life to the fullest. If you want to donate to Astegos, go to their website, estegos.org and click on the yellow Donate button at the top of the page. That's A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot org, and click on the Donate button. Hey, this is Pastor Dave Magiera from
2: Deer Flat Church. If you're looking for a welcoming community where you can explore your faith or you want to deepen your relationship with God, come check us out in Caldwell, Idaho. Our Sunday worship services are at 9 a.m. and 1045, and you're going to love the setting. We sit out in the middle of farm ground. Our members at the church offer such guidance and friendship and support as you journey on your spiritual path. Find us online at deerflat.org or stop by for a visit today. Hey, this is the church the perfect church for imperfect people.
0: And we're back again with another uh, week of Beyond the Walls, and we have with us Lester and Pastor Edgar Nunez from Grace Bible in Nampa, and we're talking just a little bit about their young life growing up. And, of course, Pastor Israel is here with us helping us along. Pastor,
1: you had a thought? Well, I, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, Edgar with his dreams of becoming an architect and ending up in America, being this uh, great guy, he is a pastor of Grace Latino. I mean, how was that transition? Where, where would you say that, that the Lord set you apart for the work of the ministry?
4: Oh, this is a very good question. I was uh, starting my first semester at uh, the college, and, and uh, when like, uh, the church has an opening for office boy, and I just feel this is something that I can do why I can keep studying, attending college. But the job description for a boy, office boy in Guatemala, means you do everything everywhere. You do whatever is needed to do. And I fell in love to the the idea to serve people. And I just think, you know, God, whatever it is the my calling, just show me what is my calling. And I ended to be the coordinator of the projects over there among the Indians, working for the church, and that changed my perspective about my future. And I, after I finished my three years of training, uh, almost four years of training, uh, I received a word from God saying, you are just to be a minister. I didn't understand what that means because I, my background is no about religions or anything. I am Catholic. I was Catholic because they say I was, but I never went to the church and nothing about that. But when the Lord spoke to me that my destiny was to serve, I just obeyed about that. And I, uh, as I said before, I went to Brazil planting churches. Uh, and my desire to be an architect just disappeared. And I use my skills now you know, to draw for my grandkids. They like what I do for just to have fun with them.
1: I think you're an architect of dreams. You're helping people, you know, make those designs just rooted in God's word and, and, and the greatness of His gospel, you know. So you are now in America. Yeah. After you finish in Brazil, it was Idaho your first state when you came here?
4: Yeah, before I, I answer that, I need to say this. Um, when I was finished in my high school, they have a, a test for, they say the ability test. And I was for three, I was, I qualified for three options. One, the first one was a counsel at psychology. The other one was a lawyer. And the third one was an architect. And I was pursue the architecture thing. But my first thing was my gifts and my main gifts are more psychology. And I always go very since i went to brazil i i started dreaming about a center to counseling people what is my que- your question
1: Joe? yes so after you finished with with your time serving in brazil oh, yeah. and and you're now here in the united states was idaho your first no, destination uh, when you came to america
4: but, uh, no it was oregon oregon yeah i was sent by Grace, by verbo christian ministry as a missionary to work with the Latino community in Portland, Oregon. Okay. And I spent there almost 17 and a half years. After that, we moved to Maryland. And after Maryland, four years in Maryland, we come back to the West Side, and we ended here in Nampa. And I believe this is my last place to to, to
3: be.
1: Well, yes. And mm-hmm. uh, being in, in, in the... In Oregon, in Portland area, how was your your connection with the people beyond the walls of the
4: church, like the church serving in the community? Were you part of anything locally there? Yes, sir. I was in charge of the Christian association that I I found, and I created this association to help people in need. And uh, I worked with the Latino community in different locations, uh, of giving them some food, and giving them some training, some life skill classes, and, and just helping them to recognize that they can do better, like um, motivating them to look for more education, some training. And this is one-on-one. And I also found, I also work as a chaplain in the, for the sheriff office, and I incarcerated me every two Thursday from 9 a.m. to 1 pm just to be inside the jail with the inmates uh, listen to them and giving them some counseling some advice from the Bible
0: that's something that I think is is really valuable you going into the church going into the jail as the church as a, as a representative and helping are you finding a lot of success or
4: what tell us maybe a little bit about that experience? You know, many people from that, from those experiences, they receive the Lord. I always preach the the gospel with, with them, and I share my life with them. I share my testimony with them, and the, a lot of a lot of people receive the Lord in the, in those in those experience that I had. Uh, I remember one guy who was in he was in jail, and and I he wanted to become a woman. And he was in this idea that he wanted to um, change from change a man to a girl. A, yeah. And in one conversation that the, he and I, we had, he got very upset with me. And I said, you know, no, I'm just saying that you are a man and I think you need some help. And you need to look for that help. After he paid his days or months in jail, he came to my church and become a deacon of the church. Wow, he received the law and he understood that he has. He looked for some help. Mm-hmm. In fact, he went to the counselor psychology for psychologist for for a while, and he now he has a very good family. He is a very masculine man. Lester, we were
0: when we were talking with you last. We left off. You were just seventeen years old. Mm-hmm. You were in Hollywood your mom was taking you with her to clean houses how long did you clean houses with her
2: just when she needed help um, uh, it was a priority to l- learn the language uh, all I knew how to say was tomatoes and uh, we didn't say quarters we said coras so that's the only two words I knew and you know, random colors, maybe. And uh, so I started attending to a community school, uh, just taking, you know, a few English classes during the day and 30 days in the country. So that's when I got my first job at a, as a cashier at a restaurant. So I didn't understand a thing. Which restaurant was it? It was a Burger King. Let's go. I love it. You (laughs) get that whopper. Yeah, so it was a burger game. And I remember the first three days I was hiding in the kitchen. So I took the responsibilities of the cook because I didn't understand a word that people were saying to me. They're saying, I want
0: it, no tomato, I want no onion. And
2: you said, You're. 30 days in the country, a culture you didn't know, a place you didn't know, ideologies you didn't know, everything which is How much did you get paid that first job mm. working at the. It was Burger. like
0: five something, $5 something. Isn't that incredible? <laughs>
1: yes, it is. This is lady in the, na- in the nineties. Correct. Yeah. 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 hmm yeah. Yes. And yeah.
0: So then you, you worked at Burger King for how long?
2: Uh, I think it was about two years, three years, and then they opened. That was another opportunity at a different job. And that is um, actually during that transition, that's when I, I was having a, I think all the the outcomes, all the fruits of all my childhood, all the traumas, that, as we were talking earlier or a, a few weeks ago, um, all that, you know, feeling of abandonment, all that dark inside of you, even though growing in a big family, I was always, you know, always felt alone. Uh, There was a lot of uh, dark moments. There was um, no mom or dad to protect you, to guide you. Uh, There was a lot of, um, you know, abuse in every aspect in life, you know, physically, psychologically. And so in, in that time that it looked like a new beginning, a new country, a new everything, it It was actually uh I felt I was just go, i was spiraling down, so um I got to the point where it was even hard to breathe, yeah, so there was a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness, there was a lot of uh i i i was lost so um i remember there was, there was a this day uh was coming off work it was around midnight. And so on my way from work to the house, that's when I decided to kill myself. Like I said, it was even difficult to breathe. It was just so much. It it was too much for me. Um, And even though my brothers were here, my mom was now there. My dad was, you know, close by. Uh, I still felt alone. So I remember I got home and I said, well, I'm going to end it tonight. Uh, I cannot take it anymore. So that's it. And I said, well, maybe I should at least say my piece before I go. So I said, I'll go to the bathroom, cut my wrist, and I don't know, something. And um, I remember I tried to to pray for some reason. That was my first thought, I should pray. And I remember trying to pray, and I just couldn't finish whatever I was saying. And at that moment, that's when I had an experience. An experience with God um, I remember um, this voice came out of nowhere I'm sitting in the living room just you know lost and defeated and this voice just came in, in, in and asked me Lester what are you doing and I started looking around saying who's talking to me and and the thing is I could not stop answering the questions the voice kept on asking me every time this the voice spoke it was so it, it had authority but at the same time had so much love in it and and as I I, I hear the, the the words it's like they went through me like waves and 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 it asked me just simple questions uh, you know tell me how you feeling tell me What are you doing? And I, even though my mind was going a thousand miles per hour, not knowing what was happening, I could not stop answering uh, the voice. And, And I remember having this conversation and I said, God, if you are real, I mean, you're talking, I said, I need a change and I know if you help me, I can do it. And and I remember this voice telling me, I will give you the opportunity. And and at that moment, I just felt this warm coming over my body and 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 I felt like I was floating and but I remember when this thing was, there was something hard, like when you put uh, syrup on pancakes that it just go over. So it would go over me and through me. And as it was going through me, I just felt all this weight, like concrete falling off my shoulders, my body, my heart. And I just felt literally so light that I felt I was floating. And I remember the first thing I did, I started smiling. And the first image came to my mind is, I remember I was like seven years old, maybe, when I smiled like that. And and I felt renewed, I felt new, I actually felt born again. And and from that moment on, I mean that presence, that voice, it has been with me and it's been twenty years now. Twenty years since I was transformed. Incredible. We'll be Just right like back. That.
3: Did you know Estegos provides housing assistance as well? If you live in Caldwell and need help with basic needs, financial literacy, or self-reliance, Estegos is here to help. Participants live, volunteer, and work with a steady effort towards self-sufficiency. Their goal is to ensure that each person who graduates is independent from government assistance. To find out more information, go to estegos.org housing. That's A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot org housing.
0: Are you struggling to put food on the table? Don't worry. The Boise Food Bank is here to help. We have dozens of partner agencies across the city that are here to provide food for you. At boisefoodbank.org, you can find a list of our partner agencies and their distribution times. Just show up with your ID and proof of address, and we'll provide you with a box of nutritious food. We believe that everyone deserves access to healthy food, regardless of their circumstances. So if you are in need, visit boisefoodbank.org today to find your nearest distribution location.
1: And we're back here with with Beyond the Wall, with Pastor Edgar Nunez, and Lester Villatoro from Grace and Bible Church in Nampa. Lester, just to take uh, this remaining time on this episode, what are your words? What is your message for that person who's listening today, who thinks it's all over? There is no reason to leave. I lost everything. What is your message of encouragement for them today?
2: That there is hope. And that hope is in Jesus. God loves us and he has showed that love to the whole humanity through the sacrifice of his son. There is a way out. You just have to let God do something in your life. There is hope. There is always a way out in God. He is there for you and he is for you. Don't give up.
1: Would you please? Say a prayer for all those radio listeners that are receiving this message right now.
2: Father, we just give you thanks for showing your love in the way you have yes. done it. Lord, just the same way you did it with me and, and gave me that opportunity, I know, Lord, that that opportunity is extended to to everyone out there, Lord. Mm-hmm. And I know the hearts are broken and the pain, it's a lot. But you guys, you, you Lord, you are our healer. You, God, can make all things new just the same way you did it with me. You can do it with everybody else out there. In Jesus' name, we ask you to do this, Lord. Amen. Amen. And we'll be back next
0: week with Lester and Pastor Nunez as we journey a little bit further. And we're going to talk all about their work, their ministry with the Grace Center in Nampa, which offers counseling, uh, biblical counseling. And we're going to get a chance to really understand, I think, how their work is transforming the community. We'll see you next week.